0: And welcome. This is uh, a new podcast here at Chippewa United Methodist Church, and we're super excited to be sharing in this with you. This um, is going to be called the Everyday Theologian, because you know what? You and I and everyone else that may be listening in earshot, anybody who finds themselves having conversation about God, about theology, um, we're all theologians. We don't have to have books written, or uh, TV shows, or we don't have to be in a classroom somewhere. We're all doing study. We're all um, supposed to be disciples on this journey of faith. So I'm Pastor Ty Kortimash, Um and along with me is...
1: Uh, I'm Chad Lewis. Uh, I'm the media director here at the church. And let me tell you,
0: when we were talking about this and talking about ideas, I thought, you know what? We have to call this like some kind of theologian something Yeah. because Chad's sitting across from me right now, I mean, this man's got some deep thoughts on God and faith. (laughs) And so we're just excited that we get to um, share in this together. We'll have some guests along the way, Um, but we're just going to start talking about God. Yeah. I'm excited. And what that means for our lives. So... Yeah, we're looking forward to sharing this together and with all of you. So here we go today. Our first one, we're talking about spiritual disciplines Um, in the month. Well, no, not in the month of March through Lent. So that's actually six weeks, right? Not quite a month. Um, But we're uh, highlighting some spiritual disciplines here at the church throughout our sermon series. There's also a study on Monday evenings where we're actually doing a Facebook live as well. So people in person and they're, um, on Facebook live through the church's page, we're just talking about some disciplines because there's some that we probably all know, right? Like prayer, fasting that we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are other things that we can be doing that really are a discipline that require our attention and our time And so we're going to be talking a lot about those, especially over on Facebook. Um, but today we're just going to talk about prayer and fasting. Yeah. So disciplines though, right off the bat, (laughs) a spiritual discipline, right? It is not something that is for, um, like the, the giants of faith, right? It's not something that you have to be like, oh, I'm ancient and I've spent my entire life following God, um, Spiritual disciplines are for everybody, and the whole point is that we would come closer to God and that we would find ourselves um, just following in that path. So a couple, um, couple things about that. There was a quote that I found uh, from Jen Pollock-Michael. She's just written a book called A Habit Called Faith. 40 days in the Bible to find and follow Jesus. And she said that faithfulness is built on the ordinary things we do faithfully every day. And then she gave the example of how her son's job is to unload the dishwasher every day. And he's not always, well, of course he's not always happy about it. Who is, but he's not always faithful about it. And, um, And so she just kind of encouraged him in that the ordinary things that we do every day faithfully are going to be the things that build faithfulness in our lives.
1: I mean, that's a great example.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: As someone that doesn't have a dishwasher (laughs) and has to be the dishwasher, uh, that's an extra hard thing to be faithful in. Mm. Dirty secret. There's a couple of weekends that go by. On occasion, where Monday rolls around, I'm like, "Okay, I gotta do dishes, and I really don't want to." <laughs> Shouldn't have let these pile up.
0: Uh huh.
1: Um, but I, I, think that also is a good example of how I think a lot of us end up interacting with spiritual disciplines. Yes. Uh, and with our faith, mm-hmm. um, go a couple of weeks. You're busy, <laughs> maybe miss reading the Bible, and all of a sudden it feels like a chore again.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, and how many of us, if we would just take like 15 minutes maybe every day and just do the dishes, it would be done. And our lives would be so much easier and happier because you wouldn't be dreading that pile, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And I, and there's that guilt that comes into play too when it comes to our faith. If you would take 15 minutes every day and read your Bible or spend that time in prayer or whatever it might be, Then after two weeks, you're not going, oh, I feel so guilty and I should have done it. And now that I didn't do it all week, I should probably read for an hour. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Like, it's not about the amount of time on the end. Just take a little bit every day. Building the faithfulness. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. And really, our spiritual discipline, it should be a joy. Of course. Yeah. So, like... If you find yourself engaging in some spiritual discipline or saying like, well, uh, my goal is that I'm going to read the Bible every day for the month of March and you're four days in and you've already missed two days, then you start to get that like that guilt thing. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, this is such a chore and it's a pain. But our spiritual discipline should bring us joy, (laughs) not cause us all of the stress, right?
1: We can also hear about the ones that a lot of people do and think that, oh, well, that's something that I have to do. Mm. And now you might find yourself practicing a spiritual discipline that maybe you don't resonate with. Mm -hmm. Um, I know some people might want to try fasting but physically shouldn't do it. Right. Um, And then you've got other implications that not only is it not joyful, but now you've you've got these other issues to deal with.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And really, who loves unloading a dishwasher? Nobody.
1: (laughs) No one. (laughs) Nobody.
0: (laughs) But part of engaging in a spiritual discipline and finding yourself in that that building of faithfulness and that building of character, that building in your own personal discipleship, all of a sudden you'll find yourself experiencing that joy. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, like it's not like, and that's another thing, especially in our time in our society, we want that instant gratification. We want to say a prayer and see the result immediately or at least the next day to be like, okay, God, you know, heal me of this and tomorrow I'll be perfect or, (laughs) you know, or, um, God, I really need my finances to be in order. And so give me some kind of windfall, God, but that's not how things work. You know, you have to persevere in your recovery sometimes. And you have to actually put work into um, earning money or managing your finances better. So um, just because there might be some work in, in it or there might be some effort doesn't mean that there won't be joy in it as well. Right. Yeah it can be hard. (laughs) It is still a discipline, (laughs) but that doesn't mean that there won't be joy in the midst of it too. Yeah. And really when it comes down to it, you know, we all have a longing. We all have a craving. There's always, there's something that we all desire in our lives. And the fact is that that longing can only be fulfilled by time spent with God.
1: Well, the goal of, of the spiritual disciplines is building that relationship with God, right? Totally. Um, and like any other relationship that we experience, it takes effort. Yes. It takes work. Yes. Um, and definitely patience. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, starting these usually ends up difficult and can seem daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a little bit of time, it becomes natural. Yeah. Uh, it becomes a habit. Right. Um, and eventually joyful.
0: Totally. Totally. I heard a really great analogy too, um, that I hadn't even shared with Chad yet, but, um, it, it actually revolved around the story of the Velveteen Rabbit. I don't know how many people know that story, but just regardless of the story, think of like your favorite toy as a child, right? The one that you loved the most. Why did you love it the most? There could have been any number of reasons, but after several years of really faithful love of a toy, there's a lot of wear and tear on that toy and it doesn't look so great, right? From the outside. Mm -hmm. Somebody else isn't going to see it the way you see it. Right, so in the velveteen rabbit, the the rabbit's fur gets all kind of like matted and starts to fall off a little, and its 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 joints are all loose and everything. So it's not something that you would want to go to the shelf and buy, and yet it was the one that was loved the most. It was the one that was the most dear, and so. You know, that's just another great example of how a discipline might not look like fun on the outside to somebody else, right? But for the one who loves it, for the one who has spent the time in it, it is the greatest joy. I was like, wow, oh, yeah, that is so true, right? Whether it's the time in prayer, whether it's like your time reading scripture and like really studying it, whether, I mean, no matter what it is. Um. Somebody outside might be like, "Yeah, I don't think I want that for me, but for you, oh my gosh, there's nothing you want more." Yeah. And ultimately, it does mean that you've spent that much time with God, which is also pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. So. I love that. Yeah, well, I did too. I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good." Well, um, so we did want to talk about two specific spiritual disciplines. Um, the first two Sundays here, uh, or the last two Sundays, actually, I should say, um, the sermons have focused on prayer and fasting. And so mm-hmm. we just kind of wanted to talk about that a little more and unpack it a little bit and just share some personal experiences with it, too. Um, So prayer, (laughs) this is kind of cool. I really appreciate uh, Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline, when it comes to just kind of thinking through and and learning more about spiritual disciplines in general. But he talks about um, prayer as being, um, of all the spiritual disciplines, being the most central because it ushers us into perpetual communion with the father, I thought, oh, that's yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome because um, we want to have that building of a relationship with God, and prayer can be seen so many different ways, right? It's like when you're in church, it's the pastor praying <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I can't pray like that. Or when, you know, when you're at home, maybe, you know, if you have a family, if you have kids or something, it's prayer at dinner time or before you go to bed, all very different. Um, but prayer being that continual communion with God, a continual thing I think was really the key thing that uh, Foster talks about there. And so Pastor Alan's sermon though, like he shared that, he shared a couple of different ways to look at prayer and a couple of different avenues. One being like your inward prayer. So taking that time to just sit with God and kind of work through some questions because, um, <laughs> and like his example was, let's get beyond um, talking to God about the weather. Yes. Yes. Right. Like our prayer time with God is not just a, Hey God, how you doing? Thanks for the blue sky today. (laughs) Right. We want to get beyond that. But how do you do that? And sometimes you need a little help and a little encouragement. So he really talked about, um, like asking or trying to answer, I guess I should say some questions, answering questions like, what is good? What is good in me? What is good in my life? What is good around me? Because you you have to actually look, right? Mm-hmm. You have to start um, identifying those things and it keeps you then from taking some things for granted. Then another question was, um, what are the things that hurt? Like are there some things within you that that hurts? Maybe it's a physical thing. Maybe maybe it's a relational thing. Um, I mean, how many of us are just so hurt and broken over this pandemic, over some things that have happened in our society? Um, maybe we don't recognize at the moment that those are things that are hurting us. But when you can say to God, God, my heart is just hurting at the state of this world. That's, that's a pretty significant prayer.
1: This can take some time to get to as well.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because maybe you are starting with man, my knee hurts really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so it's not that you're just, um, because again, right. It's a continual conversation. So And if we're going to be disciplined and faithful in this uh, practice, then we're going to do this regularly. Um, So maybe you need to take some time to just have some guided prayer. And we're actually going to have links to this too. We can probably do maybe some show notes or um, we'll do some stuff like too. We'll have some posts on our Facebook page uh, around prayer and some of those questions. But then he also talked about like our outward prayer, so actually writing something down or, or offering to pray with and for someone else, that's kind of a big thing. I mean, he didn't use the big word, but that, that form of intercessory prayer is, it's a big deal. It can be huge. Because um, here's the thing, you're not just, it's not just that you are being faithful and praying for somebody else, but all of a sudden you're bringing somebody else into that. Yes. Right. Because now that person is going, oh, somebody cared to pray for me. And it's connecting them to God. And and there's just a great connection there. Right. Um, So intercessory prayer can be awesome because sometimes that means you're like calling up a friend and just saying, hey, I was thinking about you. Hey, how are you doing? Like, is there some way that I can be praying for you? Whoa. And then when you actually pray with them right then, just a simple, God, thank you for my friend. I hear their hurt or their need, and I just pray that you would act in their lives, give them comfort, encouragement. Amen. Right? I mean, that is not a long prayer, (laughs) but you're covering Mm -hmm. everything that needs to be covered. You don't have to say lots of fancy words. You know, it's just, that simple communication and connecting with somebody. Such a powerful thing. And then we're not alone. Right? We're in this together. Yeah.
1: So it, it is that simple. Yes. Even like I, I forget that all the time. Mm. When someone asks to be prayed for or I hear someone's going through something rough, my experience is typically they're just they're on my mind a lot. Mm, sure. Um trying to put it in definitive, like. "Quote unquote prayer words," <laughs> uh, I find very difficult. Um, especially if like you don't know the situation or what's going on. And it's just like I I don't I don't know what to say yeah to God on their behalf. Um, mm. I think that's I think that's why a lot of people like like if they hear some something's wrong or they see someone on a prayer list, they like to know. Um, because sure. it makes it easier. Yeah. But at the same time, just, I think maybe to an extent, having them on your mind, um, can be almost be an act of prayer in and of itself.
0: I would agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not that somebody, because somebody doesn't need to know necessarily that you are thinking about them or that mm-hmm. you're in prayer for them. Um, because you but the fact that you have them on your mind and that you are constantly essentially bringing them to the throne of grace, right? that you are you are continually in communication with God in prayer for that person. That's really powerful and significant. But I mean, could you imagine that could be kind of overwhelming for somebody if like every time you thought of them, you texted them thinking of you, thinking of you, <laughs> thinking of you, thinking yeah. of you. Um, but when you're in constant communication with God, on behalf of that person that's significant. Yeah. And I think you brought up a good point too like it's interesting how on prayer chains that sometimes people want lots of detail. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that can be a good thing, but it and a bad thing. Um do we need to know every detail of somebody's personal life? No, we don't. Um are we limiting God's ability or God's knowledge, yeah, we kind of are to say, oh, if I don't know and if I can't pray for the specific thing, then God won't know. <laughs> no, God already knows. Yeah, God knew before you did. God knew the instant the situation appeared, you know? Mm-hmm. So just to be able to say, uh, because even to a friend, uh, that you're like thinking of to be able to send a quick text message. Hey, you just came to mind. And so I just lifted up a prayer of gratitude for you and that, that you would just, that you would just know God's presence with you. Whoa. I mean, that's a pretty powerful thing and a, and a really great encouragement for people Oh yeah, to receive those, right?
1: Yeah. I've gotten a couple. Uh, my favorite thing for this church is the pink prayer cards.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Getting one of those every once in a while, just knowing that someone's thinking about me. Yeah. Um, Usually this is the strange thing for me. It's usually if I've got something maybe on my mind, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, it got me a little distracted from stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, That's usually when, or if I'm in deep and there's a big project that I'm working on. Yeah. And it's crunch time. Someone usually ends up sending me something. Just, hey, I'm thinking about you, and that's such such an encouragement.
0: Absolutely, and kind of
1: a relief, right? Like in the middle of something crazy, just getting a text, mm-hmm. uh, getting one of these prayer cards. That's mm-hmm. it. It's one moment mm-hmm. that I get to breathe. Yeah, and it's it is so refreshing. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't have to be you know, the, the prayer words. Right. Exactly. It can be someone's on your mind, you know, that in and of itself can kind of be a communication with God and Mm -hmm. then just let them know that you're thinking about them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe just kind of a, hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, checking in. yeah Especially if something big is going on in their life. Like if somebody's been in the hospital or, you know, someone's going through a divorce or, I mean, any number of things. When you first hear about something, say you're praying for them and checking in. Oh, my gosh, that's so big. How many people when, like, they are grieving the loss of a loved one, they get inundated with grief cards, like, the, the week after and then months go by and they're still in that process of grief but no one else is acknowledging it. Mm. You know, take a minute and recognize that with somebody. Like that that's that same kind of thing. Like it's so powerful to know that someone still remembers your loved one or that yeah. they're reminded of them in some way. So it's yeah, intercession um Doing that kind of outward prayer where you're connecting with other people in prayer is so, so incredible um, in a really powerful way. Because, again, that, that draws them into prayer too. And it can be a really encouraging thing to say, you know what, that person that just told me they were praying for me. I know that they're faithful in prayer. I want that. I long for that. That's a longing that can only be filled by God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and that can draw people into it. One of the other things that Pastor Allen talked about with prayer was um, he called it busy prayer, which I thought was pretty funny um, and, and really cool because there are, I mean, he talked about how many people are just, go, go, go. Like they do not stop. And for them to sit still for five minutes is practically impossible. Um, I am not that person. (laughs) I love my quiet time. I love to be still. I love to be quiet. Uh, he though is like the go, go, go person. He has to be doing constantly. Yep. So, um, I love, yeah, it's just so it's, it's incredible the dynamic there, but, um, But so that busy prayer to say, like, right as you're beginning some project or you're about to, like, switch gears and answer emails or the phone rings, pausing for one, two seconds, just saying, God, this is about you. God, you know, let me glorify you in what I'm about to do. Um, God, let me connect with you in what I'm about to do. Right. And he and he mentioned he brought up Brother Lawrence and Brother Lawrence was a monk um, and he uh, spent his time. He he connected better with God in his daily tasks than he did when he was in chapel in prayer. And so Brother Lawrence really talks a lot. He's got a great little book. Um, I'll think of the title in a minute because I don't have it written down. (laughs) <laughs> um, but brother Lawrence just talks about like this daily continual connection with God, no matter what it is you're doing, that you're doing it all for God every minute of it. So whether he was in the kitchen, whether he was, you know, doing a, working on somebody's shoes, repairing shoes, cobbling or whatever, um, it was all for God. It was all an active worship, all an active continual conversation with God. That is, that can also be really powerful in your life because then it's not like, you know, how for, for people, especially those who need to be busy, it's not, um, it's not the work and drudgery of let me sit here and try to be still and yeah. quiet because that can be
1: just as challenging. Yeah. I, I really appreciate the quiet time. hmm Um, I don't do it often because my mind wanders almost immediately. Mm. Um, whether it's something else that I'd rather be doing or something else that I need to do, Mm -hmm. I, I just, I have a hard time stopping. Yeah. Uh, I usually have to go to a specific room. Mm. Uh, I got to go somewhere that I'm not used to being and like, it has to be intentional for me. Sure. Um, but busy prayer is Mm. definitely my favorite. (laughs) Um, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned that it's, it's an act of worship as well because, Mm. I feel like i at least I've gotten to this point where uh, the things that I do daily um are some of well, them uh, elements of worship mm-hmm. we had uh in October we had uh, the house build okay here yeah. in our parking lot right yeah um and what a what a great moment for community prayer. In worship, Mm. even if like nobody that was there had that on their mind. um, The way I see it is, you know, you're spending time doing things that God has gifted you to do. Um, We're working towards the goal or the benefit of somebody else for people in need. And regardless if, you know, playing in our mind the whole time is a prayer for them. Or regardless if maybe we have some worship song looping while we're doing doing a task, mm-hmm. the simple fact of doing that task, uh, in my mind at least, is worship.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, in, in terms of building the house, uh, we're making something. Absolutely. Right? Uh, one of the things mm-hmm. that we believe is that God is a creator. Mm-hmm. And what better way to kind of be in worship than and to kind of be like God than to do things with our hands? Yes. Um, I think that is a a great way to connect with God. Absolutely. It's music is great, quiet prayer is great. Mm -hmm. Um, I find for me the best moments are when I'm doing something that God has given me the ability to do and just. Actively doing it mm-hmm. um, is kind of my way of worshiping, praying, and saying, Thanks for letting me do this.
0: Yes, sure. Yeah. So that busy prayer. Mm-hmm. People needed to hear that, I think. So <laughs> yeah. maybe even people listening today, like, like we need to hear that. That there, there is no one perfect way. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Prayer is not one way. It is however you're able to communicate with God regularly, intentionally, faithfully. Totally. Totally. Um, so then we also, but then we also wanted to talk about fasting. So fasting typically is thought of as abstaining from some kind of food for some period of time for a spiritual purpose, but we don't talk a lot more about that. And, um, I found it interesting as I, and I'm pretty sure it's, uh, that Foster was talking about it in his book, Celebration of Discipline. But I find it interesting that, you know, in, in the Bible, in scripture, it doesn't say how to fast other than to do it in private, right? To not do it as a show. It does talk about that, but, (laughs) but there are no instructions like here, here is what you need to do to fast. But it was a part of their lives because there are different times when like Jesus is asked, um, you know, by the religious uh, leaders, why aren't your disciples fasting? So there's obviously this tradition of fasting, right? There's an understanding behind it. There's a purpose for it. But they didn't have to talk about how to fast. And so that's not something that we find in scripture, even though you'll find lots of things about prayer in scripture and ways to pray. And, um, but fasting is just fasting, but it's usually tied with prayer, prayer and fasting. So there's that spiritual purpose to it. Um, you're not abstaining from food or these days, something else just to do it, but you're, you're abstaining so, that there is a greater spiritual understanding, a spiritual connection, again, a way of communing with God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, all kinds of different things, though, these especially these days that you can talk about, all kinds of books that you could read about, too. Um, I'm sure that we all, especially during during Lent, we're like, oh, Catholics fast on Fridays from meat because there's all the fish fries, right? (laughs) So if you like seafood or if you're really into the fish fry, um, you're like, yes, it's Lent fish. Um, But there's a purpose behind that. Like it's not just so that they can have fish fries at Catholic churches and make some extra money right, right. for their budget or whatever. Um, the whole purpose of abstaining from meat is so that you are aware of that longing and recognizing that it's that you're filling it with God that is the key, <laughs> yeah. you know? So especially for us Protestants, we're like, give something up for Lent, uh, give something up. Like that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Like we're fasting, we're giving something up, but you can't give up cookies if you never have cookies, you know, you don't yeah. give up soda if you rarely have soda because there's no longing for it then. The point of giving something up is that then there's a longing for it that triggers you to say, "Wow, I really want that soda right now," but instead, I'm going to focus my that attention on God, and I'm going to have a conversation with God about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend time praying. Um, I'm gonna open the scriptures and really engage. Maybe it's just one section because that's another thing you don't want to just be like. Oh, I'll flip open the Bible and wherever I'll land. Well, what about taking one verse or five verses, a section of scripture, and focusing on that every time? Uh, that's one of the disciplines that I'm doing right now, actually, is uh, I'm, I'm looking at Psalm 139, just asking God to seek me, know my heart. Um, you know, that's kind of one of those inward prayer examples that we actually could refer to that Pastor Alan shared in his sermon. But but if you're faithful in that, like you, you're gonna hear from God when you are consistent in that. Mm-hmm. So fasting is not just like, oh, I'll just not eat lunch on Wednesday. <laughs> no, there's a purpose behind it. Um, one other thing I wanted to say real quick about that too is that, uh, you know, we we're a United Methodist Church. We're United Methodist, and uh, so John Wesley, who's one of our founders, like. He was, he was pretty um, specific in, uh, in some of his teaching, especially on grace, and that, that grace, right, is this undeserved, unearned gift that God gives to us, this grace. And no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, it is there for every single one of us. Before we even know God, God's grace is in our lives. Before, um, you know, before we've acknowledged him, God's goodness and God's grace is there. Then in our in our acknowledgement and our understanding of who God is, maybe for the first time, and and in our saying, you know what, I want to live my life for God. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, so then, so then we find ourselves like justified through through Christ, and and this. So, but then there's this continual. Just as there's a longing for God, then there's this continual need for discipleship, and and for learning and growing in Christ and understanding of God, and and so in that we just find more ways of grace, and so he refers to. Um, means of grace is what John Wesley would say okay. <laughs> right? A means meaning um a way that will that we experience God, a way of understanding or learning. Mm-hmm. So the means of grace could be prayer. It could be fasting. But then it's also um, like, meditating on scripture, but then it's also participating in communion. That's a means of grace in when we have communion, there's an experience where we are brought into the presence of God. And, and these are ways that we might know God that we wouldn't otherwise. Um, but so these are different ways. So John Wesley talks about fasting as one of those ways that we get to receive the grace of God, which sounds really weird. (laughs) I'm going to not eat (laughs) and somehow receive something good. It sounds really weird.
1: But fasting. So when you're giving up something, uh, part of that is kind of replacing it with something else. right? Right. So if, if you're giving up, You know, if you're giving up a meal for a day, Mm -hmm. um, then typically you take that time and maybe pray. Right. Or maybe be in scripture. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that's lost on the culture, though.
0: Big time.
1: Uh, I know a lot of people that will give something up, lance over. Can't wait to...
0: Yeah, right back into it. Yeah, back into the chips.
1: Yeah. i I tried, uh, one, one year, um, fasting with a reduced diet. So okay. very specific. Yeah. Hardest thing I've ever done.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: A lot of rice, a lot of refried beans. Halfway through, I was like, man, I am done with this. <laughs> um, and it's, it's important that if, especially with fasting, if you're going to do it, figure out what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's, maybe if it's like one day you're giving up meals, and that's your fast
0: mm-hmm.
1: being in prayer, being in scripture. Um, it is odd how helpful that becomes. Mm. This is personal experience. So I'm, I am can not guarantee this for anybody else, but, um, I did have this one uh moment a couple of years ago. I something felt broke hmm. at like my deepest core. Mm-hmm. And it scared me. Hmm. Um the only thing that I could think to do is find some spiritual discipline and try something. Okay. Um and what I decided to try was fasting. Um, and I wanted to spend time, I needed to spend time in prayer. I knew that first, but I wanted to do something else. And I felt like fasting was it. I don't know why. <laughs> it just it, it ended up being that. Um, and so that I, I think I did two full days.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: Um, I spent I spent the rest of that afternoon, that was a Sunday. And so I spent the rest of that afternoon. Uh, in the church's prayer room. Hmm. Whatever whatever felt broke that morning, I knew that being in fasting, being in prayer, needed that, that needed to happen. Hmm. Um, what was awesome is having one of our pastors join me in that. Wow. Um, knowing that I was struggling with something, and he said, you know what? I'm going to fast with you.
0: Hmm.
1: Let me know when you're done. Mm-hmm. My guess is you'll be done Tuesday, but... <laughs> <laughs> Let me know and I will, I will join you in that. And wow. that was, that was so encouraging. Yeah. Um, so if, if you want to try fasting, mm-hmm. my recommendation is do it with somebody. Oh, wow. Uh, that, that, uh, partnership in that is good, uh, good encouragement. Sure. Um, but also be intentional about the prayer or reading scripture or, mm. um, because there needs to be something else. Yes. And what was odd for me mm-hmm. was, in the midst of not eating, the time with God was very sustaining. Wow. I can't explain why.
0: Right. <laughs> you
1: know, like yes. Um. And most people, anyone that I, that I I think that would have that experience, can't explain the the, the change or what just sustains. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was hungry, but I wasn't, I didn't feel in need.
0: hmm
1: Um, so I, this could be a very, very personal experience. Absolutely. But, so powerful. Yes. Um, I would encourage anyone that is listening, if you want to try intentional prayer, if you want to try fasting, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Don't wait to feel that bad (laughs) to try it because that low, I would not, I would not wish on anybody Mm -hmm. that to be, to feel that broke and that just kind of terrified at the center of my being is, that's not an experience that I Mm -hmm. want to have again. Mm
0: -hmm. So tell us what happened then. Like, what was it that, how did how did things, how did you come out of it? Sorry. So then on Tuesday <laughs> or whenever that was, was it Tuesday? Was it Wednesday of that week?
1: Yeah. So and was,
0: what was that?
1: It was Tuesday morning. I think, I think I, I kind of woke up. I like, I felt my, my time in prayer after work that Monday night, I think that was like another three hours. Hmm. Um, and it just, everything that I kind of had bottled up. And then I needed to get out, and the conversations that I had to have with God, um, they kind of came to a- an even point, mm-hmm. I guess. Um Tuesday I woke up, I was like, I spiritually I feel better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm really hungry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's um, incredible that like you felt sustained, and then you knew you were hungry.
1: Yeah, like like it was like you knew it was time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just I got a bagel that morning, maybe yeah. just something, something easy to yeah. to break back into it.
0: Sure, because um, that is an important thing. Yeah, like if you're gonna fast for more than a meal or a day, it's important to to do something gentle <laughs> for yeah. your system.
1: Yeah, we used to do with the youth group thirty uh, hour famine. Yes, um, partnering with World Vision for that is yeah. always great. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I've done those, those too. There's usually fantastic youth events. Yes. There have been a couple that after making it through, I've decided to go to hot dog shop.
0: Oh, right.
1: I've been lucky, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not a good idea to just gorge on something heavy.
0: Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, fasting is pretty powerful. We're actually recording uh, before Pastor Allen actually does the sermon on fasting, um, so we can't talk specifics, but... I can tell you that um, I know part of the story he's going to be sharing um, is about an experience that he had of fasting throughout Lent one year. Um, I think it was back in the 80s, but it was very, very powerful. And uh, and he has shared with me before a little bit about it and just saying, if you're going to fast, you better be ready for what God's going to do. Yeah. Right? Right. Because to be able to say, you know, for you to say something, Chad, like, I just was feeling broken. And after a time of fasting and dedicated prayer, within a couple days, there was just something. Yeah. Right. You just knew after that time with God, because I also, you know, you hear how somebody who is lacking a sense, like maybe their sense of hearing is bad, but their sense of smell would be heightened, mm. yeah. right? When you spend that time with God, when you are that intentional and that deep, there is just a movement of the Holy Spirit that you are more keen to, you're more sensitive to. So you're just like, "Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling a peace. It wasn't perfect. Right? right? Cuz right. that's the other thing. It wasn't that everything was better now that you had fasted, but you had spent that time with God, there was a you were attuned to God, you were able to hear from God, and so it was like an obvious okay. Mhm.
1: And it's this still, is the time. like we mentioned this at the beginning, it's still work.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Like this isn't, this isn't a break and like you're going to get answers that you need. It's, it's, this is a different kind of work that needs to happen for, in this particular case, maybe your relationship with God. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And that, it it's a great experience, but it can also be terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because you don't sure. know what God's going to do.
0: That's very true.
1: I'm excited yeah. to hear Pastor Allen's story.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Um, well, it's a really good one. And of course, it's his personal experience. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty powerful when you're able to hear something like that. Um, so most of you are already going to, will have already heard it. So you're going to know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, fasting is just a really powerful thing. And I think too, like, you know, when we engage in spiritual disciplines, it's not like you're doing an 80-hour work week. It's not that kind of work. Right. It's also not um, breaking up a cement driveway kind right. of work. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to give some intentional time to it. And But when you do, you'll see the outcome. It may not be instant, but it is there. It will be there. Uh, it's just—it's a very powerful thing if we're willing to do it. Yeah. If we're willing to do it, but you know what? That's the whole being a disciple. That's—that's that's what it's all about. We're continuing to study, continuing to learn. That's what a disciple does. Mm-hmm. Um, until a disciple becomes a teacher. <laughs> But in our case, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And none of us are going to get to that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we just have to recognize that we are all disciples, that this is a continuing process. That until we find ourselves um, in glory with the Lord, we just got to keep at it. Yep. We got to keep at it. But when we do, we will know the fullness of joy. Because that is what God promises. You know, um, Jesus said, I want you to have life and have it abundantly. the um, fullness of joy. So that's what we're after. Yeah. And you also, I'll also highlight this too. You also spoke well of listening to God and your body. Right? Because there are people who do three-day fasts or seven-day fasts. Um, I know people who have done 40 day fasts for God with a purpose, but again, they're listening to God, they're listening to their bodies, it's for a purpose. Mm. Um, and uh, let me tell you, the people that I know who did a 40 day fast oh my, like I was witness to some amazing things that God did, and um yeah, it was pretty incredible, pretty incredible what the Lord will do. So, you know, we all want, um, we all have a longing, a desire for good for, um, we all want to see change in the world, right? Because we recognize that this is a sinful and broken world. And, um, we can get caught up sometimes in thinking oh if that person would just change or <laughs> if that group of people would just understand <laughs> right um but there's a a great quote by Leo Tolstoy in which he says everybody thinks of changing humanity and nobody thinks of changing himself but friends that's that's who we are as disciples yeah right we are We are about committing to being transformed. Yeah. So if we want to see the world changed, then we need to be sharing the gospel because the gospel is everything. If we want the world to change, then introduce people to the life changer, you know? So, and that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. That's really hard, because, well, we don't want to take responsibility for stuff, but, um, you know, but like Tolstoy said, you can't you can't change somebody else if you're not willing to change, and and the other point is that you aren't the one who can change the other person, but you know the one who can, you know that you know that by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, anything. <laughs> Anyone um, can be redeemed. Anyone can be brought closer to God. Anyone can be transformed.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned uh, building relationships with God at the beginning. Yep. Um, and if, if we want the world to change, definitely starts with us. Yes. But getting to know the one who changes lives, mm-hmm. that's a relationship. Yeah, Absolutely. Seeing the world change. It's a relationship between each other.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: And at the bottom of, I think, most of these spiritual disciplines, building, maintaining, remedying relationships with God and with each other,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. kind of what they're all about.
0: Yeah.
1: And a lot of these are easier when you're doing it with someone else, too. So...
0: (laughs) That's, it's, that's true. I mean, when you have somebody else to talk through some of these things, like uh, somebody to hold you accountable because you can say, I'm going to be intentional about this, but um, sometimes, and, and it's not that you're being showy, right? Cause this is another scriptural thing. You're not, you're not saying to the world, look at me, I'm fasting, <laughs> but one person, Hey, I've decided or I really feel like I'm being led to really engage in the spiritual discipline of fasting and I just was wanting to have some accountability so can I check in with you or you check in with me periodically just to make sure that I'm staying on track yeah right somebody the person might be like "Ooh, I think I maybe I'll do that with you Right. And then you have an extra layer of encouragement and accountability there too. Um, But yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, to be able to do any kind of spiritual discipline. Now, some of them, you know, so even though you're asking somebody to hold you accountable, it's still your personal discipline. Right. Because there are spiritual disciplines that you can engage in as a group or as a community. Um, And I'll be talking about those in some of my uh, studies here later in Lent, things that we can do corporately as either the body of Christ or in like a Bible study or something. Um, so yeah, there are those that you can do as a group, but, but somebody to hold you accountable can be really helpful (laughs) and really pray for you while you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
1: Dr. Dan has said this uh, in the Bible studies that he does. He's our retired pastor Mm -hmm. here. Um, You can't be a Christian in solitude. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's why we show up to church. Right. To be in community together. Mm -hmm. To worship in community together. Pray in community together. Um,
0: That's why we're in Bible study together. Yeah. That's why we're in mission like it's, you know, that's why we join together for feeding ministry. That's why we join together because it's not on our own. That's why we build a house together. Yep. Because you can't do that by yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So spiritual disciplines, I mean, it does take effort. You yep. do have to be intentional. But when you recognize that you're, you're being filled by the presence of God when you engage in them, you you can't, there's no other way to do it. <laughs> like you're not going to have that experience any other way unless you are continually um, engaging in that relationship with God, unless you are being faithful every day in building that faithfulness, right? In the ordinary things, um, And you'll see your life transformed for sure, for sure. Well, hey, folks, thanks for joining us today. I mean, this was a good conversation. This is a great conversation. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, One other little thing, we are going to try to, like, we're going to be posting these every other week. Uh, Right now, that's the schedule, probably on a Wednesday. Um, yep. you'll see him posted every other week. And then, uh, also just a note of information, uh, Pastor Allen's actually going to be doing a blog. And so he'll be posting those the opposite week. So yes. that's, that's cool. You'll be able to engage in a different way there. Um, but we're also going to try to have some conversation, um, as we're preparing for our blog. So, or for our, sorry for the podcast. So if you're in our Facebook community, um, Make sure you're paying attention because we're going to have questions that are going to pop up every once in a while. And so we hope you'll engage those because we want to be able to uh, um, just share your questions and try to be able to have conversation around those. And, um, And please, since this is a podcast, like, subscribe, share because we want to get this out there for as many people who are um, interested in hearing this little conversation with a couple of everyday theologians. So thanks for taking your time and we'll look forward to talking to you soon.